Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, what's up? I'm feeling a lot of different ways about this, like, Raquel situation. After, like, taking a step back, what Raquel said, you know, if I basically go against Tom, I don't have anybody. I feel like Tom is, like, my one person that I do have. Um, And if I just, like, went and betrayed him, then I'd really have nobody. What I can relate to is feeling isolated and feeling like the person who has made you feel like they're the only one, but if you go against them, you have nothing. I know what it's like to have a man in front of you painting a beautiful picture saying, you're the one for me, you're my soulmate, and you see what your future could be with this person, and you're willing to risk it all. So much so that I ignored everyone around me telling me, girl, you're the other woman. It was quite surprising that she even had the balls to go against him, really. No, I know. And like, I know that feeling of like, I'm going to tell the truth because that's what feels natural to me. And the hardest part about that is that like, all the names I was called, me being labeled a homewrecking whore, Like, if you just lay it out there, they're all true. You know that it's our time. These are the best days of our lives. Just raise your glasses high. This one's for you tonight. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Yeah, I did it. Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. We're back, y'all, with season 11 of Vanderpump Rules. It is good to have our girls back. And by our girls, I mostly just mean Ariana and Sheena. But that's neither here nor there. I'm happy to have most of these people on my screen. There was a lot to talk about in this premiere episode. I wrote way more notes than I... I don't even know how it's possible that I wrote this many notes, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to get into it. So strap in, get a drink, take out your weed pen if you're, you know, California sober, or, you know, just have some water if you're totally sober. And uh, let's get into the season premiere of Vanderpump Rules. Let's start about these, start talking about these opening credits, right? Speaking of sobriety, really nobody had a drink. Like, we're not slinging around Cosmopolitans and popping bottles because most of the cast is sober at this point. We got James, Lala, Sheena, um, 
probably other people I'm not thinking of. So yeah, just the only drink that we saw was at TomTom. I heard a rumor, so this is all alleged, that the reason why they're at TomTom in the opening credits, and I guess further along in the season, we're not going to see Schwartz and Sandys, is because Homeboy, who was the actual owner of Schwartz and Sandys from last season, was like, uh, Sandoval, you screwed me over enough with all this bad PR, so you are not allowed to film here anymore. All alleged, I'm not sure, but that's what I heard. I hate to start off with an immediate disappointment, but why was Allie not in the opening credits? Did I blink and miss her? I don't think I did. I feel like Allie's such a light, our um, witchy, woo-woo queen, and I feel like I would have gotten eyes on her if I had seen it, and I've already watched this episode like three times, so <laughs> I guess not. So we start off the episode, Ariana's in her kitchen, making her own latte, hold the dumpling, if you will. We're catching up with everybody. Summer Moon has learned how to spell her name, so, you know, let's celebrate that. James and Allie moved into their house, seemingly right next door to the airport. Everything's great, you know, mostly. Back at Ariana's house, Katie stops by, so they're going to be shopping for the sandwich shop, and Ariana tells Katie that Sandoval's off to New Zealand right now to, you know, eventually get carried over JoJo Siwa's back. A fact I will never let go of. Anytime that man comes up, I'm talking about how JoJo Siwa had you over her shoulder and you were crying. I don't even know what the name of that show was. Toughest. I don't even know. <laughs> Suffice to say, everything was worth it for that moment alone. Okay. I hope JoJo Siwa got another check for that. Ariana says in a confessional that it's now been three months since Scandaval began, right? She was not prepared to be kicked out of her house and start a new life. So as we all know, they're still under the same roof with no contact. They communicate via his assistant, Anne, which is great for her because Ariana's not wanting to look at his dumb face, but bad for Anne because that's quite literally her job. We see a text where Ariana is texting Anne to tell Tom that he needs to turn off his LED lights at night because they're bothering the neighbors. And Anne responds, he says that they fall under freedom of speech. Whatever this woman is making, it's not enough. I can tell you that right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. I feel like she could go to, I don't know, who would you complain to? I was going to say the Better Business Bureau, but probably not. If she, could she complain to somebody? Can we get Kamala on the line? Just show Kamala the last episode from last year, and I think she can get him a raise, her a raise. Get a raise for Anne. So I held off on recording this for as long as I could, even though I saw this episode a little bit ago. I have now, much like most of you are, you know, we're sisters in arms because that Nick Vile podcast came out with both of the Toms, and Tom Sandoval claims that he tried to buy Ariana out for a million dollars more than what they paid it for, and she wouldn't take it. There, I only listened to like three or four clips where just seems like after all this time, Crust Ash still has no regard for, no introspection for any of his personal responsibility with regard to the end of this relationship. He just goes on about how Ariana belittled him. The man has yet to cite a source in in almost a year at this point or, or an example other than she couldn't refill some paper towels. We had, you know, a lull in our sex life, which they talked about on camera. She said, I have a problem opening my legs to you. I'm paraphrasing when you're never home and spending quality time with me. And even still, she went to therapy for months with this dude four months he says he claims that he was trying to use that therapy to break he said a lot of things first he says he was trying to use that therapy to break up with her and that ariana knew for a fact that this was like going to be the end of their relationship she knew that but he also didn't want to tell her about the fact that they were breaking up until after they filmed all of their confessionals for that season because you know hand on my heart what a what a gentleman he is what a hero for this he didn't want ariana to film those confessionals and talk about things that happened months ago um 
knowing that, you know, he was fucking Rachel all over, you know, the valley and, and West Hollywood, you know, what, how nice of you. <laughs> you really want us to believe that that was your overwhelming kindness in the midst of you fucking one of her good friends was like, well, I just don't want it in the confessional. So she didn't have to worry about it. And like, I don't want to worry her pretty little head about having to be nice to me. Knowing what she would know. Get real. You didn't want her digging in your ass all season and putting two and two together and going in that confessional and being like, oh, yeah, let's talk about this time. Okay, yeah, they were fucking. You want to talk about this time? Yeah, they were fucking too. You don't want to get exposed anymore. But I'll just, we'll move on. See, this isn't even about the episode. And I already told you I had so many notes. (laughs) So after that, Katie says to Ariano, if he's got that kind of money, he really needs to get his own place. I also like, you know, I don't really count pockets. Yes, I do. But I don't, how could he possibly have that money? How could he? Because like, he had like, arcade fire level band members. And by that, I mean, like, quantity, like hella band members touring all over wherever the hell he was touring. I, were they sold out shows? I don't know. I just, I just feel like, how much money could he be really rolling in? I don't think so. I mean, the JoJo Siwa over the shoulder probably wasn't putting you at $3 million for the house. But anyway, so Ariana's like, why do I have to move? And he doesn't. And like, what are you going to do? Bring that pen pal back here? I don't fucking think so. And then Ariana says in a confessional that Tom and Rachel are still sending packages to each other. We see one of those postcards with the lightning bolts on it that she sent from Arizona. And Ariana says, why don't you guys get a new bit? That is so like nasty. That's truly nasty work to, to mail that to somebody's house. Then she tells Katie that Tom made her assistant. Poor Anne. Had to super glue that penis flute that Logan broke over his uh, thigh last season. She had to glue it back. I can't imagine what this woman is hearing, exposed to, has to sit and listen to him rant about. I can't can't even imagine. (laughs) I cannot even imagine. Whatever even, like, an excellent rate for an assistant in Hollywood would be, she deserves, like, three times that. You know, like, three times that. Back to Allie and James's house. So he tells Allie that, you know, it's just funny. It's just funny that I have a pool now. Because, you know, Tom's basically started, so, stopped inviting me over to his house when, you know, he started cheating with Rachel. So that's interesting that I've now also got a pool. James is in a confessional that he's pretty sure that he knows. Like, I'm pretty sure Tom knows I'm upset with him. I've said it plenty of times, probably in messenger pigeons that have been sending to Sandoval, like, you know, James is hurting, right? Because you were having an affair with your, his ex, but also you shut him out from the entire group, which I think is very interesting. Because he's telling Allie that when he started fucking Rachel, he stopped getting invites over to the house. And Allie tells him, yeah, you were probably just like one less thing to worry about. If he doesn't invite you, then he's not going to, you're not going to sniff him out, right? But I also think it's interesting, like we know that James has a real deep pain over not being included, over being left out of things, very, like, from his childhood. And while I, like, roll my eyes a little bit because it's Sandoval, I do understand. But, you know, then again, I actually roll my eyes a lot about that. Men. But speaking of men and digging in asses, <laughs> I really should stop using that phrase. I'm going to be doing that later with shorts. Not, not in the sexual way. So Allie asks James, is there a world, do you think, where you and James or Sandoval could be friends again? And he's like, friends? I haven't heard one fucking thing from that man. He's outrageous. I honestly think he's gone cuckoo. Then he says, you know, I've seen god-awful performances, you know, shirtless, laughing into the microphone, shouting Raquel's name and, you know, itsy-bitsy spider and, you know, once upon a time and I dropped my phone out of pocket and somebody picked it up like, good God, man, get a hold of yourself. Then we head back over to Sheena's house. She's saying, talking to Brock, you know, I I get PTSD from sitting on these couches now, you know, since she did her Emmy Award nominated scene about not fucking your friends. So she asks Brock if he's heard from Tom since reaching out about their friend, Ali passing, excuse me. And 
Ollie is a friend. I believe that Tom has had since childhood, like a friend from back home. They kind of befriended him. They would go to Coachella together, like the Vanderpump crew, and he passed away. So Sheena reached out to him, texted him, and just said, like, yo, like, I don't even have words right now. Just want to know, like, we're all sending you love and our condolences. Please reach out if you need us. Like, I just want to make sure you're okay. So Brock also says another, like, boys club thing to Sheena. He says, look, the guy didn't do anything right. But the amount of disconnect that's been throwing thrown at him is just like a lot. <laughs> like, what do you mean? What does that even mean? I would love, I would sit and pay for a college lecture if a professor could come up with like a a, a study, just a class about this boys club mentality that specifically happens in bravo on bravo shows like go over to southern charm let's talk about austin craig shep throw an old man whitney in there if you want what's going on there where they it's like clear that they all know where each other's bodies are buried and so they're just stuck in these friendships of people that they actually really hate but they can't let loose because they're afraid it's just it's wacky i guess i just created my own syllabus huh but anyway, after Sheena sent that text message, she didn't hear from Krusty, sent another message, realized that he blocked her, not only on her phone, but the Instagram accounts of her, Shenanigans the Podcast, her sister Courtney, and even poor Summer Moon caught astray. Brock, did you get blocked? I have a feeling you didn't. Then Brock asks for the latest on Rachel being gone, right? And she's like, well, I heard she was extending her 30 days, another 45 days, but I don't really know what the timeline is. I don't know when she's actually coming out. Then we go over to Lala's, right? She said she's now living like a pot of orcas with her mama who lives in the apartment with her and her brother lives in the apartment complex. He followed them down to L.A. So, you know, they're all caring for the kids, right? She's still working out custody with Randall. He doesn't want to give her full legal rights to Ocean because then we break the fourth wall. She says in a confessional, if I get full legal rights to Ocean, she can be on Vanderpump Rules. But Randall does let me have final say on education and health, which is what I want. Like, I don't give a fuck about her being on Vanderpump Rules. So then she tells her mom, she's like crying. And she has a lot to work through because she thought everything was perfect meeting Randall. Having Ocean, perfect timing, perfect man, all this stuff. We were going to be together forever. But then she says that last year she had to put her feelings on the back burner, like her personal feelings, because of the custody issue. But now... That stuff is kind of settling. She's now dealing with her own heartbreak. And now she cries all the time. And she's like, listen, I know that this will end. But in order for me to heal and be soft, I have to go through these emotions or else everybody around me is fucked. And I would like to say, obviously, it is very clear that this relationship or whatever you call it with Randall is awful. Okay, I just want to make that very clear, and I want to give her empathy on that. However, I don't think it's unfair to say that this is sort of a pattern of behavior with Lala in which she has these big emotions that she's going through, and she can't manage her emotions toward other people because of it. She's lashing out at them, and I just don't think it's ultimately fair to constantly be lashing out at people and then being like, well, this is because of something that actually has nothing to do with you. Like, how many times can you get away with that? You know, like, at some point, we have to have a little bit more personal responsibility. So then Lala tells her mom that she's like now paranoid because of her damage with Randall and how she's looking at everybody funny now. Like, Ariana has this new man named Dan and she's thinking like, what's his motive? This is weird. Her mom tells her that there's nothing wrong with thinking that. But, like, I don't think that's healthy. <laughs> I don't think that's a healthy thing to t- tell somebody. I don't think it is. I think if somebody told me I'm so messed up that, like, I'm looking at your relationships and I'm having a hard time trusting that, I would be like, that's a problem. Like, I wouldn't necessarily be mad at her, but I would be like, that's an issue that you might need to work out, you know, because it doesn't quite make sense. But we're going to get back to that later, right? Then we'll move on to Schwartz meeting up for a drink with James. 
He gives him a couple of housewarming gifts, a little Monstera plant, and a candle. He opens the candle box out and hand, hands, hands James the candle and goes, bro, hit that. You know? James goes, bro, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is like citrus pussy. <laughs> Schwartz tells James, this is the first time I've worn a Schwartz and Sandy's logo hat since everything went down because he's afraid of being booed out in public. And James goes, well, might still get booed at this point, bro. Like, from the right person, he might. So then Tom talks about how the biggest fight that he ever got into with Sandoval was over the name Schwartz and Sandy's. And how uh, Mr. Marketing Genius campaigned so hard to put that name on the side of the building. But you know, James, when you put your name on the side of a building, you need to hold yourself to a higher standard. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's not a church. It's a bar, babe. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Of course. We know that, like, shit was popping off with, like, Schwartz and Sandy's afterwards. Restaurant people leaving bad reviews a bunch of people quit because they didn't want to deal with it and how sandoval apologized to schwartz for like basically using him as a shield from his affair and how like one of the last conversations he had with schwartz he's acting like or with sandoval he's acting like they're like legitimately not speaking the man just went to new zealand and he can't talk like i don't like this um it's like up playing is up playing a thing where he Schwartz acts like he's made these boundaries with Sandoval. But here you are. Why are you at a Nick Vile podcast that Sandoval was the main one? Like, was anybody here for him? Sandoval was a guest. Why were you there? Why are you there, like, playing his lawyer? Schwartz is like the Howard K. Stern to Sandoval's <laughs> Anna Nicole at this point. And no disrespect to Anna. But he says that one of the last things that Sandoval said to him was an apology for all the hell that he put him through, what he did to his friends, and then, you know, Ariana. And I, I know in his mind that that is the order of importance in terms of betrayal for Schwartz. It's like Sandoval, he messed up his relationship with me and then our friend group and then Ariana. Okay. He said, I told him. That, you know, because of all this messing up he did, that he better be with Rachel for the rest of his fucking life, okay? And how Scandival was like the radioactive cherry on the shit Sunday of his year with like his family's health problems and the divorce and stuff. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, Schwartz. Then Schwartz thanks James for being so kind to him. He's like, I feel like I'm being a pariah from the rest of the group. James tells him, you're the best Tom as Schwartz, not as this Tom Tom thing. And then Schwartz is like, listen, I'm just really happy to be on good terms with you. Even after that little teeny weeny platonic kiss that I had with Raquel. First of all, you kissed her twice. Okay. Second of all, now we know for a fact that you knew about them from the very first night that they hooked up, according to Rachel. So, teeny tiny platonic kiss. It's actually weird as fuck. You're making out with some chick to throw everybody off the scent of the fact that your boy was actually fucking her. It's weird. That's <laughs> weird. And then he's like, you know, the way the rest of the group has been treating me, I've almost had to look at the mirror and say... You're not Tom Sandoval. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Okay, but do you look in the mirror and say that you're Tom Schwartz? Like, historically, that isn't much better. 
you know. Maybe Sandoval did like one big shit. But he's been turning it up pretty much since season one. So, you know, probably all adds up the same shit sandwich. So James tells Schwartz that he's California sober now. He's not drinking. And he makes a little dig at Rachel, which I'm going to actually defend her on. When he says, oh, you know, I'm not doing it because anybody's giving me an ultimatum. Like he keeps throwing this as though Rachel giving him an ultimatum to like have to be sober or else their relationship is going to break up because he was, I mean, we've seen him. I'm going to be on her side with this one. Like, okay, so you're not doing it because of an ultimatum. You love Allie. We get it. We get it. But she wasn't wrong with that. Then James asked Schwartz if he's spoken to Ariana, and he's like, no, I think maybe in her mind I'm an extension of Sandoval. You are. That is correct. So he asked James what he should do, because they're all going to Tom Tom. James is going to be wiki-wiki. And he's like, what should I do if I see Ariana? Should I, like, give her a little bow or, you know, what? And James is like, yeah. They're like, we're going to use this as a time where we're all getting back together. Fresh start. Let's do it. So Sheena and Ariana go to get a couple's massage and they're talking about Dan and we're getting like more of the backstory about how, you know, they met at that wedding like 10 days after everything broke up and he's living in New York. They've got a little long distance thing. Sheena says in a confessional, she does not know if Ariana's really processed the breakup, but frankly, as long as Dan just doesn't sleep with one of her best friends, he's already like way ahead of Krusty. Sheena's on Zoloft, so now she's also a sober queen. Her therapist diagnosed her with OCD about six months back. She was doing all right. When the scan of all happened, her anxiety went to a whole new level. Started having her mind running. If Tom can do that, could Brock do something like that? Could he hook up with Lala? It's been a whole thing. So then Sheena asks about Tom. And she's like, oh, like shorts. And Ariana says, oh, we're not friends. I've had him blocked everywhere. So, you know, last season where she told him it's over for us, she was like, not like actively like, fuck this dude, but you know, I'm good. But then he went on Watch What Happens Live and he's like, oh, you know, please, if you see Tom, like, I know he doesn't deserve it, but like, maybe give him a hug. Like he's fucking Mr. Rogers or something. And she says in a confessional, listen, I, I texted him and then I blocked him. I don't know exactly what I said to him but I know in her face that that was not true (laughs) and I did love her for that and um just like you know I don't think it was that bad then we cut to Schwartz reading it fuck you blocking your number go choke on Sandoval's dirty ass dick somewhere and even he has to laugh about that but then he says you know for the record I've never choked on his dick which is like well I mean that's one clarification but you didn't say that you didn't suck it. Anyway, Sheena asks Ariana, what are you going to do if you see Tom at Tom Tom? She's like, oh, I'll just, you know, go to the bathroom and take a shit. Like, <laughs> So Sheena and Lala, Lala are getting ready for James's event. This doesn't even matter. They're talking about Ozempic. Sheena says she's not on, on Ozempic. She's on Scannable. Okay. Ariana FaceTimes Dan. She's getting ready, talking about how nervous she is that she hasn't been to Tom Tom since... The night where she found out everything about Rachel and Tom noodling each other over FaceTime. But she says in a confessional, I shouldn't have to make my life smaller because Tom messed everything up for me. So if I can make new memories there, then maybe I'll just be able to look at it as some other bar. Also, he only owns like 5% of it, you know. It's like, shouldn't be too hard. So they get to Tom Tom. Ariana and Katie walk arm in arm. It's very like, poetic because they did that when they walked to Tom Tom when it opened and they also had opposite hair lengths like now these days Katie's the one serving Bob and Ariana's going a little bit more lengthy although I did see Ariana outside I'm sure this is just for the character but she's really serving Bob for Chicago like so Bob I might call it a Roberta honestly it's like it's a sharp one it's a sharp one anyway they sit at the same seat that she was sitting at when, like before she went to the bathroom to, you know, again, noodle time, Tom Schwartz is walking up. It's like a whole group of them. Lisa's there, Katie, Lala, Sheener. People are walking up saying hi. Schwartz, oh, hey, hey, Ariana, do you want a drink? 
Do you want a drink? And she just blanks the fuck out of him. Kadoos to you for that. This little goof nut says in a confessional, you know, Ariana's got a wall up. She's like an ice queen. <laughs> I understand that she has like this exalted status and, you know, he actually bows. You know, it's like, oh, you know, Queen Ariana, patron saint of the scorned women. But until the ice melts with her, like, I think it's going to be really hard to make any inroads of the rest of the girls. And this is what just pisses me the heck off, okay? People always talk about boundaries and standing on business. One of the conversations that we've been having as a collective for literally years now. One of the main topics, one of the main girlies, two of them. And yet, until it's your business that's being stood on, and all things go out the window, let's just roll that fucking beautiful bean footage if you need two shorts. It's all these people who are boundary pushers that, that are like, oh, like they act like this. You were second in command of this whole cheating thing, really. You didn't need to be. You chose to do that. You knew from the very first night, you continued to lie about it, you downplayed the affair, you acted like you only knew bits and pieces of it, and oh, that they were doing this, and then they broke up, and then all of a sudden, he just told me that they were in love, like, months later, and I knew nothing about it in between that bullshit, okay? Sandoval was using your apartment as a fucking, a trap house for fucking, okay? You filmed scenes outside of that bagel truck with that man acting as Sandoval's listening ear while he talked about how his relationship with Ariana is going bad because, like, oh, you know, whatever. While he's in a full-blown affair, it shouldn't even be legal to lie while eating a bagel. Like, what did bagels ever do to you, Schwartz? What did Ariana ever do to you? She told you she didn't fuck with you. She made that abundantly clear. After that, You went on national television to say, everybody, hug this man like a Disney character. She told you she was going to block you. She told you to take his crusty dick out of your mouth. You walk up sheepish and, like, bat your eyelashes at her. She blanks you like you absolutely knew she would because she made that abundantly clear. And suddenly, she's the ice queen. You've done nothing to help this woman. Nothing. And also, you just said your main motivation was to be friends with the rest of the girls and not, like, right your wrongs with her. So, you know, like, it is just so mind-boggling to me that people do this. And you know what really started chapping my ass about this? The shit with Taylor and Olivia over on Southern Charm. Like, I have just seen so many people who, like, it is truly a house divided with them. And I am shocked. Taylor Ann hooked up with Austin behind Olivia's back, played BFFs with her, knowing this shit happened. Like, they were trying to shore up a relationship together, Austin and Taylor Ann. You hooked up with this man. You acted like, because people were asking if you guys had sex or whatever, and and you just made out that that wasn't hooking up. And so that's why you were saying, oh, we didn't hook up, because in your mind, hooking up only means sex. So you got away with that for months. And then Olivia finally finds out and she is upset with you. And fair enough, maybe Olivia was, because she was mourning the death of her brother, maybe needing you, going to you and your friendship in a time of need. And then also at times being like, fuck you guys, how could you guys betray me? You sat on the phone with your own brother and it was like, they weren't even together. I don't know why she's mad at me. I'm not sorry. And then she heard that. You know she heard it because she busted into your hotel room and was like, bitch, I just heard you say you don't care. <laughs> and then she sits in this reunion and it's like, well, I've done all I could. And like, she just does not forgive me. She And so Olivia's being so difficult for not be like continuing to let Taylor play with her and Taylor said something that was so annoying she said something I wish I could quote her verbatim but she said like I've basically like I've apologized as much as I can and like 
it's no longer up to me. If she doesn't forgive me, then that's kind of on her. You apologize as much as you wanted to. And she's not taking the bait. And now you're acting like she's being the unreasonable person for being like, you really hurt me. You don't feel, and it is the other thing is like, you're apologizing as, as much as you want to. And she knows that. She knows that you have a limit to how sorry you are. And so that's why she's not accepting your apology because she knows you're not really that sorry. And she, you were expecting forgiveness of somebody who is genuinely sorry when you know that you're not. And she knows it too. And so for people, I was like just shocked to see the amount of people who were like, well, I'm team Taylor Ann because, you know, Olivia's just a bitch who can't forgive people. <laughs> it's like, that is so wild. She played in your face. Just like Schwartz played in Ariana's face. You were not a friend to this girl for like over a year. And now you ask her for her drink order. She blanks you and she's the ice queen and and the queen of the scorned women. Like, he really hates women. He really does. And also, you don't give a fuck about the other girls. You know that you burned your bridge with Katie. And now it's Ariana, too. And you know that if you can't get the two of them to break, then who the hell are you going to film with? Because the only person you're stuck with is, you know, sometimes James. He threw you a bone, frankly. And Sandoval, who everybody hates at this point. And you know that. You're probably very worried about your position on the show at this point. And that's what I'm seeing in, in your words and your actions. And so I don't forgive you either. Not that you asked. And then if I wasn't hot under the titties enough, Lala asks Lisa, can we go talk one-on-one? -on -one? So they go off to a little quiet area of Tom Tom. And she tells Lisa that she's just feeling like a lot of different ways about the whole Rachel situation. And after taking a step back, she was thinking about like, what Rachel said in the finale at the very end about how the only person she has, she feels like, is Tom. And if she betrays him, then she might have nobody, right? And she's like, well, I can relate to that. I can relate to feeling isolated and to, like, have this man in front of you painting this beautiful picture. And you're willing to risk it all so much that I ignored what everybody was telling me. Like, girl, you're the other woman. And the hardest part about the names that people were calling me was that they were true. They called me a homewrecking whore, and if you lay it all out there, it's true. And at that point, I took an emotional dump, because I'm like, finally, finally. And this is not a slut-shaming thing. I just think, like, it's just honest to be like, ma'am, the writing was on the wall. Randall was in a whole-ass relationship when you guys got together. He bought you a fucking Range Rover the first night you met each other. It just... You were having people sign NDAs. You were swearing up and down. This man did not have a wife when he would not even let you stay at his home or even visit. I'm glad that you're being honest about that because I think that is the path forward for you. Like, first of all, we have to be honest with ourselves about the situation. Secondly, she just veers so left. Then it really pisses me off, okay? So then she tells, she says, listen, I would be the last person I would expect to have empathy for Rachel, especially after our interactions over the years. So, like, if there's forgiveness for me, then maybe other people will come around. I'm sorry, why is Lala the gatekeeper in this situation? Like, if, if Lala can forgive her, I, I feel like, why is she at the top, top of the heap? For this situation. I get that Lala never fucked with her historically. But I just think we're getting things confuddled and mixed up and, and conjoined here. And this is where Lala loses me. So Katie and Sheena are talking. And they're talking about, you know, getting their relationship back on track. And they weren't really messing with each other last year. They came together in the midst of, you know, being together for their friend Katie tells her, I just want to be able to trust you with the little stuff, like who I'm dating, whatever, and it's not going to come back to bite me, right? Gina's like, I get it. I'm so sorry. Like, it won't happen again. Gina <laughs> says in a confessional, you know, last year I wrote our off in, in my relationship with Katie, but we put our differences aside for Ariana. We did get along. We realized that. Plus, it's much easier to bond with Katie when we have a common enemy. <laughs> and now we don't have one. We have two. 
So they decide to have a girls' night with Lala and Ariana the next day. After this scene with LVP, Lala goes outside to the back of TomTom to FaceTime Rachel. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com <laughs> So she says... What Rachel did and said and how she went about things was so fucking stupid. But as somebody who knows what it's like to go through life seeing comments about being a mistress, like, I don't want her to wear that forever. So she leaves her this message. Raquel, I'm sure you're the last person. I'm sure I'm the last person you'd expect to hear from. Like, I don't think you're the last one. I could think of at least one other person, but okay. But anyway, she goes on to say, I hope you're doing okay. I don't know if you're back in L.A. or not, but I'd like to have a conversation with you at some point if you're open to that. Hope to talk to you soon. And then she sees that Rachel saw it. She opened the message. <sighs> After that, Katie goes to pick up the dogs from Tom. They have a little conversation. He's like, oh, well, the night before, I could tell that Ariana wasn't really so happy with me. So, you know, maybe if it feels right and in the moment, you might, like, say something to her and, you know, tell her, you know, Schwartz is ready to chat on your time. You know, if, if, if she's ready, you know, you think you could do that? And Katie's like, just text her. <laughs> and he goes, oh, well, I think she blocked me. And she's like, okay, well, it's above me now. Like, what do you, that is not your wife. Just like, what did he ask her to do? Pluck her, pluck his armpit hairs at that resort for Sheeta's wedding? Shave him? He asked her to do some sort of weird grooming thing. And she's like, I'm not married to you, sir. He is confused. He is very confused and desperate. Thirsty. Just like those Monstera plants that he gave to James. So then the girls go out for dinner. It's Lala, Sheena, Katie, Ariana, Katie tells uh, Ariana, I actually went to Tom's earlier today and he mentioned like missing you. And Ariana goes, okay, well, that's too bad. (laughs) So Lala goes, can I play devil's advocate for a moment? No. (laughs) I wish somebody had just said no. No, you cannot. So then she says, you know, I just think that like Schwartz maybe needs to change the direction of his life. But I also think like the amount of mental abuse that Sandoval has inflicted on him for years, like that takes a toll. So Ariana's like, listen, I get it. There are levels to it. I'm just now starting to unlearn what was inflicted upon me. Like I wanted to be closer to Katie for a long time, but I was always hesitant because Sandoval would say like, oh, be careful around her. So Lala asks Ariana, do you feel like you have your guard up with me? And Ariana goes, no, I don't now. And Lala says, well, I just can't tell if you like, like me or, or tolerate me at times. And she starts tearing up and she's like, listen, I know I can be very intense, but behind closed doors, I'm very sensitive. And I just feel like I've been a dog in everyone's fight. And I've been left to defend myself, which is so wild. Like, am I missing something at the, of the three people sitting at this table with you, Lala? The only person who I never heard slut shame you openly in the beginning of your relationship with Randall was Ariana. She was the only person who, like, wasn't like, oh, you fucked to get on a PJ, you're a slut. How much money did Randall give you last night on the table? Like, they were saying some wild shit to, to Lala in those early days. And I don't recall Sandoval or Ariana indulging in that. And they were really the only people who were, like, nice to James and Lala in the beginning. 
So then Lala says in a confessional that Ariana's always been a tough one to crack, and that's been their biggest downfall. Now, she doesn't know how to have a real relationship when somebody shuts her out. The only example that I could think of is when Lala was trying to tell her that, hey, I think something's going on with your man and Rachel, and Ariana trusted both of them. I Is that it? <laughs> I don't... Okay, so Ariana actually does say sorry for not trusting her judgment last year about Rachel, and they hug, and Lala goes, well, you know, with this moment, I just feel like I had to be, I need to be honest with you. (laughs) Then she talks about, you know, reminds him about how the last five minutes of, of Vanderpump was, you know, Rachel saying the stuff about, you know, being alone and stuff, and if I don't follow what Thomas told me, I don't feel like I am gonna have anybody, and She's like, listen, I'm feeling like I don't want her to wear this for the rest of her life. I want you to know I sent her a message last night. You can just see in her face that she's like, keep it together, girl. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Was it a FaceTime? Was it a text message? Okay. In a confessional, Ariana lays it out completely. It's kind of wild when you think about it, because for maybe like a year, year and a half, anybody who interacted with Lala's ex, she was ready to murder them and cut their balls off on some fuck you shit. And I just kind of feel like if the shoe was on the other foot and I was reaching out to Randall's mistress, I don't think Lala would be very happy. Which is actually a really great point, because is this is a legitimate question. Is Lala extending empathy to the woman who is now with Randall? Because maybe that's a better way to focus your energy and not on a situation with Rachel that has nothing to do with you. And you never liked her to begin with. It's just odd to me. Like, why, I don't understand, like I said earlier, why her shame over her relationship with Randall requires that she apologize or have some sort of relationship with Rachel now. She doesn't like her. And I think it's totally, I don't like, I just don't know what she thinks is going to be healing by calling Rachel. Especially because in, in interviews, she's been saying recently, like, by the way, that last showing, that my last reunion was the thing I'm most proudest of. Like, I loved how I acted. I'm <laughs> not ashamed tapping myself on the back of the shoulder, you know, like having a great time. So I just, I just feel like I never know where I land with Lala. She feels very sometimey, like I said. Um, And I just feel like I'm not, I don't ever get what she's doing. It just feels like, again, we're using something that is nothing, like, I, I just don't know, like, how does this fix anything? Does it fix anything with your relationship with Ariana? You just accuse her of shutting you out emotionally and, like, not being nice to her, you. And it also wouldn't fix anything with regard to what happened with your relationship with Randall. I just, what does this fix other than your order on the call sheet, you know? What, what else would that solve? So Ariana tells Lala... Listen, I fully hope that, you know, Rachel does the work. I hope the best for her with whatever work she's doing over there. Okay? She could just be over there. But also, Lala, she's still doing the same shit, like being in contact with Tom and sending packages back and forth to my house. And Lala's like, no, I know they're still in communication, but hear me out. My ex asked me to sign an NDA, and Katie cuts her off. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. And goes, yeah, but the stuff with your ex doesn't always apply to other people. Ariana says, Rachel knew better. And Lala said, yeah, but... And Ariana's like, no, she came over to my house while I was crying. This was January of last year. Very obviously, Tom and I were still together, and she was consoling me. So, you know. So Lala's like, well, listen... What she did to Ariana was so fucked up. But at the same time, I do sit here and say, I know this feeling. So Katie says, yeah, maybe the feeling's the same, but the players are different. Perfection, Katie Maloney. Thank you. So Lala says, well, 
you know, she was like your little sister to Sheena, right? And Sheena was like, I was a champion for her. I was her ride or die. So for what she did to me, let's not forget about that too. <laughs> Mama's like, I would never forget about that. I, I promise you, Sheena, I would never forget about that. Sheena says in a confessional, I feel like if the only thing Raquel did wrong was like fall in love with her best friend, Sandoval, then one day maybe we could have still been friends. But the bitch put a temporary restraining order on me. And that has changed everything. <laughs> so the episode ends with Ariana saying, listen, I just worry that some people, <coughs> Rachel, would maybe look at a conversation that you had with her as a foot in the door with the rest of us. There is no foot to be had. Okay. So I was like, you know, I want you to know I'm in your corner. And I, I don't want to upset you. And Ariana was like, no, no, I get it. Like, they say I love you, they hug, whatever. I personally, and Tamara Judge, that's my opinion, am of the belief that Ariana, or that, that Lala, rather, was, like, fully preparing, bracing herself for Ariana to pop off. Maybe even looking for it. And she didn't give her that. And I think that was genius. And Lala had nothing to do but be like, well, thank you for acting, reacting this way. Even though I really push your buttons. I could see it in Ariana's eyebrows that she was not happy. <laughs> I've done the same brows, girl. I see it. So the episode actually ends with Crustache walking in. I think it was Jojo that dropped him off, literally off her shoulders. I, I didn't look. It seemed like it was her. Literally just dropped him off right at the curb. And he's just walking into the house and he's like, huh? Huh? So we're going to have to deal with him next week. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this uh, premiere as much as I did. I think we're in for a good season. I had my hesitations because I just feel as though there was an oversaturation of people wanting to find out any little bit of information about this season. Because, you know, obviously we're coming off the heels and wild shit. But, I don't know. So far, so good. Like, is this a Jack's Fucked Faith reveal premiere? No. But we can't expect those from everybody all the time. I think it was an overall solid premiere. So, I hope you guys enjoy your day. I hope you enjoyed this recap. If you're able to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I would really appreciate that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye.